All right, we welcome to the table. We just want to uh, welcome everybody back. If you've uh, watched, joined us on YouTube or if you have uh, listened to us on Spotify, our table looks a little different. We've got a different background. We're in a different location. Um, we have a few things going on. So if you follow us on Facebook, on the Unlabeled Table Facebook page, you, you know that our friend Becky uh, had a little fall and she broke her arm. From, it's somewhere up in here, like four different places. And so she's out for six weeks. And she so can't move. She can't move. Just she can't do anything. Down. It's really, really sad. And Ooh. so, and then Sherry today had some things go on at school. And so she was going to have to go up and handle some stuff. So we have a very special guest with us. Um, and we talked about her a couple weeks ago. We probably talked about her a couple times. Yeah, we've talked about her actually a couple times. Um, but Nancy, and her name is Nancy Brooks, and she is here to kind of give her testimony. We decided that since Becky's out, we're going to kind of take a couple break, uh, couple weeks break of teaching. And I will tell you that um, I love testimony. It's changed my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, testimony to me, it gave me a different perspective. It's given me, it's, it's changed everything. My judgment, my compassion, my love, um, because the Lord rescues everyone in, in whatever situation it is. And, and then some people are left with broken pieces and he just comes along. And so uh, Nancy's story is uh, tragic and um, she's going to share. She lost her son in July um, to an overdose and she'll kind of go into that a little bit more. Um, and so this is just kind of new. And so uh, uh, she's, she's, uh, she loves the Lord, and that's one thing about it in her darkness. And I have just met her because she does street ministry. But since her son has passed away, um, it has ignited a passion in mm -hmm. her that um, that is contagious. And I want to be a part of everything she does. She does street ministry. She goes and delivers. I mean, you name it, she does it. But she's also grieving and of her own. And so we're going to kind of just uh, pick pick her brain a little bit. Because here's the thing. When we talk about grief... We don't know what to say. We don't know what to say. And so um, she has been so nice in, in going to tell us some things to say and things not to say um, because this is what she lives in. And and so, um, so Nancy, we are so okay. glad you're here. Thank you so much for inviting me today. <laughs> things not to say. The number one thing is do not say, well, God needed them in heaven. Yeah. Oh, my Lord, that heals me. Yeah. Uh, well, for one... You know, God didn't cause my son to overdose. That's right. And I'm on a group on Facebook of grieving mothers. And they're like, I don't know why God took my son. I don't know why my son overdosed. God didn't take your son. You know, so he, powerful. he said, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. But God said, I come to give you life and give it more abundantly. That's right. But all things work together for the good that them that love the Lord. So through it all, I know that he made it. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, that's yeah. the thing that uh, I... I, I can't stand when people say that, well, God, God did it, you know, more or less blaming God mm -hmm. and people get stuck in that. And, and that's one thing I think that just happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, everybody blames God. Why did God mm -hmm. allow this to happen? And man, you just came straight out and, and probably not. helped so many people mm -hmm. because you're probably home right now blaming God for the loss of your child. Mm -hmm. And so, wow. I mean, your perspective, mm -hmm. your strength, um, blows my mind. So can you... Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what happened and then, like, how you have gotten to right here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what happened was um, I had got my son in a rehab. He was staying at my house, and I told him, I'm like, you're going to have to go to rehab or you're going to have to leave because you can't be here doing drugs. I have kids here. Mm -hmm. 
And so he says, okay, mom. So I got his insurance going, called called the rehab, got it all set up. It's a Tuesday. He's supposed to go. I still remember that. I don't know how. And I go in there, mom, I called the rehab. I'm going to go Thursday. I'm like, okay, you're going to go Thursday. So I get up, I pack all of his clothes. I got him new clothes and stuff to take with him. And Thursday came. I'm not going to rehab. Then I said, you have to leave. Yeah. And, and I would still do the same thing today just because if I, ha- I had children in my home, but I would have done things differently. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Two nights before he died, he'd stayed the night. He actually snuck in. His kids snuck him in. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And then he would always come over every night and take a shower, say, Mom, I want to take a shower and come and eat. Mm -hmm. You know, that was our routine. And that night, he had a time limit. He had to go because at night is when he's up running around Mm -hmm. and and doing his mess. And so um, I said, okay. But at 7 o'clock, he was asleep. 8 o'clock, he was asleep. 9 o'clock, he was asleep. 10 o'clock, he was asleep. 10 30 he was asleep and I'm like I'm just gonna let him sleep mm-hmm. not knowing yeah. not knowing so I hear a knock on my door and he would always go out and sit on the porch waiting for his ride to work and I thought it was him he locked himself out he'd done it before so I go down the steps and I hear a phone ringing in my living room and so I open the door and it's his um, ride from work and I hear his phone ring and I'm like something ain't right so I run in the living room, and there he was. I had a love seat, and I have the leather love seat with the cushy, mm-hmm. cushy things on it. And he was face down with all his body weight face down on that love seat. And so I jerk him up, and I smack his face, and I'm hollering, bub, bub. He says nothing. And while I'm smacking him, he falls right back over in that position. So I panic. Mm-hmm. I pick him up. I throw him across the floor. I flip him over, and when I did, his lips were blue. And... Uh, I'd cut his head. He had a big old gash on his head. And so I gave him a few breaths and started trying to do this. But I ran outside and I was hollering for that guy. I'm like, help me, help me. So he comes running in. He had one Narcan, one Narcan. May I please just intervene right here? Please carry Narcan. Yeah. That's something uh that I haven't, that I learned when Mm -hmm. I met you is that Mm -hmm. like, I've always been taught that, you know, it's just, it's Mm -hmm. just the the life they chose, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so now like you all pass, you know, things out mm-hmm. to help and 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 we also have another lady in our in our um ministry that comes to our table and her daughter had a dirty needle mm-hmm. and so like mm-hmm. if her daughter would have had a clean needle you mm-hmm. know and i know that that's enabling and people mm-hmm. look at that stuff but if somebody can get a second chance mm-hmm. we know so many people now that have gotten second chances or and 14 have, chances yeah all kinds of chances and they've turned mm-hmm. their lives around so if we are prepared. Yes. We could actually mm-hmm. be helping somebody. Like, Absolutely. Get, get to another that part chance. of their exactly. life. Exactly. So that's great. That's so, great for educating. Yeah. So, like, yes, if you can get your hands on Narcan, mm-hmm. not saying go out and just, you know, but mm-hmm. to have it on you because, mm-hmm. and then to pray, like, Lord, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm supposed to help somebody, let let me, you know, find them or what. I mean, that is, that's, mm-hmm. that's, and nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody just no. wants to say anything, but it could have saved his life. If, it would have saved his life. Um, that guy had one narcan he gave it to him and immediately he started breathing he took three to four breaths on his own and i'm like oh so relieved yes, i'm like absolutely. oh thank you lord and that guy's saying i don't have no more narcan i don't have no more narcan and 911 is on the, the phone at this time and so they're working him through cpr and uh when to give a breath and you know all that so i'm thinking it's going to be okay mm-hmm. so it takes the ambulance forever to get there it seemed like a lifetime but it was yeah. about 15 or more minutes that's a long time. And so they get there and they take over the the CPR, 
and I'm turning around looking at my patio door praying. I'm like, Lord, you know, please yeah, help yeah. him. And um, I turn around and they have him on this big machine that his whole body's jerking. It's pumping his heart. And the lady refused to give him Narcan. Why? I don't know, but we'll get into that another time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they finally get in the ambulance and she starts hollering. I hear her. Uh, Narcan, I need Narcan, I need Narcan. So then they gave him Narcan, and that's when he was doing better. Mm-hmm. So they get him to the hospital, of course. You know, I knew someone there that said, you know, they thought he was going to be fine. So I'm like, thank you, Lord, I'm all relieved. And mm-hmm. he comes back from the CAT scan because I had busted his head. Um, so they had to do a CAT scan and give him some stitches. And at that time, he started showing signs of uh, brain damage. Mm-hmm. So his body was jerking, and they let us go back there and... He was taking every breath on his own over the vent. The vent breathed, he breathed, you know, it was yeah. just like he didn't really need the vent at that point mm-hmm. because he was breathing on his own. And so, you know, I asked her, I said, can he hear me? And she said, yes, he can hear you. He, you know, he's breathing over this machine. He can hear you. So immediately, you know, me as a mother, I know eternity is forever. Mm. And I regret, you know, a little bit of telling him the truth because I know how terrified he must have been. But I told him, I said, son, the only person that's going to bring you out of this is Jesus. Mm-hmm. I said, it is not good. Yeah. And I said, you need to pray and mm-hmm. you need to seek the Lord and ask forgiveness of your sins. And I said, I know the enemy will tell you. Mm-hmm. God won't forgive you. He's not going to hear you because he does it to, to all, all of us. us yeah. All of us. I said, I know the enemy is going to tell you that. But God wants to forgive you more than you want to be forgiven. And yeah. boy, it's not too late. Boy, he started crying. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole thing right here was just full of tears, and they were just streaming down his face. And um, his sister walked in a little bit later, and his blood pressure went up. He heard her voice. Mm-hmm. I know he could hear oh, absolutely. me. Absolutely. I know that he could hear me without a doubt. But um, so we go back into the ICU. We get back there. He has a fever of 105.5. So now I know it was actually 106, which causes more brain damage. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, they ordered these tests on him. They said his kidneys, but we're still having hope at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they did an EEG or whatever that thing is mm-hmm. on your mind. I don't even know what it's called. But um, he did have some brain waves, you know, going. And so I'm praying, oh, God, you know, bring yeah, him absolutely. up out of here. And, uh, but as the time went on, I won't take up a bunch of y'all's time. But as the time went on, it started looking not good. So the doctor and the uh, nurse and the vent people are they mm-hmm. called respiratory mm-hmm. so they came in and he had told me for days you know if he takes one breath on his own he's got brain activity and he's good i'm like okay yeah. so they let me stand there at the foot of his bed and i watched my son take two breaths i seen it and i'm like over here so excited yeah. but i seen them looking at each other really funny but come to find out because he was an organ donor they didn't do the test like they should have did the test he was supposed to have been unhooked from the vent but they left the sensors on, which made him take a breath. So mm. I haven't handled everything well. I really haven't. So, you know, they're like, no, that's just a re- you know, a reaction yes. and, or a muscle spasm. And so I, I just I've yeah. snapped. And I'm gritting my teeth and I'm pointing. I didn't know I was, but somebody told me. And I'm pointing. I said, that's my baby laying there. Mm-hmm. And you are not going to do this. Because yeah. they told me they would give him another test on his brain that it runs through to show you if there's any brain activity. Mm-hmm. And I said, so you're going to do this test? He said, no, we're not going to do this test. And I said, yeah, you are going to do this test. I said, I'm going to call my lawyer right now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have him moved up out of here. 
and you're not going to read the test. Who reads the test? He said, I do. I said, no, you ain't. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did. I yeah. went to my car and I called my lawyer and I come back in and, well, they've all changed their story now. Uh, now they're going to do the now test. they're going to do the test. But, you know, here's the thing. Uh, when people overdose, people do not understand what's going on. I did not know. I know now through trial and error. Mm -hmm. If you're ever in that situation, there is a, there is a brain test. They don't want to give it to you, but it's the only one that will specifically tell you right if there is no brain activity and I made them do it and so they came in on the 17th after eight or nine days and pronounced him dead although they left him on the vent for three three extra days because he was an organ donor and that's a whole nother nightmare that I yeah. had to go through Lord help me okay. um, and so you know my thing was I said I watched my son come into the world and I tried to reason with them. I want to be with him when he takes his last breath. Of course. And that was a definite no. That, that wasn't going to happen. They wouldn't let you do that? No. So um, they won't allow it. Mm -mm. And so, you know, during this time, I'm out in my car. Everybody's coming in. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? You know, are you okay? And uh, But in my car, in the parking lot, I'm screaming, God. Please take me, Lord. Let mm -hmm. me drop dead. I don't care if it's a heart attack. I don't care what it is. And if you've ever lost a child, every parent has said it. Yeah. Every parent, I can tell you. And I meant that from my heart. I'm ready to go. Lord, take me. I've lived my life. You my children have grown. Yeah. Just take me. Just drop me dead. You know, do whatever you got to do. Just, you know, life for life. I'm bargaining with God. And that didn't work out for me, <laughs> of course. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as we were in the hospital, the Lord, you know, gave me scriptures, and I would sit over and rub his hair and sing to him, and, you know, I always sang to him as a baby. When he was a baby, I would rock him and pat his, pat his diaper to get him to go to sleep, and mm -hmm. if I'd stop, he would start humming, so uh... he'd make me sing to him, and so I would <laughs> sing him those old songs that <laughs> we used to sing, and I'd play the music and all that, but, um, you know, when he died, it was a whole different kind of thing, okay? Yeah. A whole different kind of thing. So here I am, eight or nine days every day at the hospital. I hadn't been to bed for probably 30 hours because I refuse to sleep while I know my boy's going to be gone tomorrow. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know this, but I don't know this. Right, right. So um, the hospital told me, I, you know, I can't see him until he's, you know, till the funeral where he's at the morgue. And so, of course, what I do is I drive my car to the morgue. And I park my car as close to the back where I know they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm screaming, Bub, Mama's here. Bub, Mama's here. I'm screaming from the tops of my lungs, thanking God, just let him know I'm here, you know, although he was gone. Mm -hmm. He was gone. And I'm still telling God, God, drop me dead in this car and bring him up. I know God could do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that. I, I know that God could bring him up. And it's not a hard thing for God to do. And that was my that was my thing. I wanted God to bring him back. If you have to take me, take me. Right. Whatever you have to do, Lord, just do it. So anyways, we made it through the funeral and all that, and it's been a process for me. Um, probably the first two weeks, uh, you're numb. You're totally numb, just numb. You don't really feel the, the impact of them being gone. Well, you're in shock, too, Right. You yes. just went through so much. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe that was God's protection at that time? I think everybody does it just about... Um, like you hear somebody coming up the steps and I'm like, oh, Bub just came in, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, you're going to go cook a meal. Oh, here, I need to fix Bub's plate or, yeah. Yeah. you know, you still feel like, you know, they're here. It hasn't really registered to you yet mm -hmm. that they're not coming back, yeah. you know, and 
I've spoke to a lot of people and everybody says about that six month mark, it starts becoming real and it was true. It started becoming real. And actually last week was a bad week for me. I laid and I cried and, uh, and you know, my heart was broken, but it's still not 110% real to me. Yeah. I know it now in my mind, mm -hmm. but receiving that in my heart is... But Bub is still so real to you. Yes, you he know? is so real to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, he, he always will be. Mm -hmm. A piece of your heart leaves you is what happens. I'm going to be honest with you. Whenever your child dies, and I've heard so many people say it, but I have experienced it, it feels like you have a hole in your heart. It just truly does. It's like you, you can feel so it. Mm -hmm. There's a hole in your heart. And I felt a couple times like I was going to have a heart attack. You know, my heart would hurt. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you Lord. Physical, like, pain. Yes, like it's, it's horrible. But, you know. Cherry talks about when you lay on the altar. Yes. And how you mm -hmm. just lay it all out there to the mm -hmm. Lord. and mm -hmm. um, I do. And that is my peace. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a I don't cry in front of people. I'm real... I guess mm -hmm. guarded, you yeah. might say. Yeah. Now, if you see me at church, I'll, I'll cry and I'll talk to Jesus. But um, around people, I don't. Mm -hmm. But that's my outlet. Yeah. You know, I go and I talk to God and I pour it all out to Him and I tell Him how I feel. And to be honest with you, I read an article today that said, um, you know, when your parents die or, or somebody dies, you know, you grieve and you go through this grieving, grieving process. But when your child dies, it actually said you're broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're broken. But I'm not broken. Right. I don't receive that. He came to heal the brokenhearted. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. He came to heal the brokenhearted, and I know that he will heal my heart. Mm -hmm. Am I going to be sad, and am I going to grieve? Yes, I am, because I love my boy more than anything. I'd give my life right, right now today for my right. son. Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has been my comfort. Yeah. And so I think, like, for you... Um, like I was trying to listen to the grief counselors and stuff. I was mm -hmm. telling you that today cause I just didn't know what to say, mm -hmm. but like everything that they were saying to do, like you're, you're miles ahead. Cause like you lay everything out for God to take care of. I do. And that is literally mm -hmm. you, from what I hear is how you've gotten mm -hmm. through it. I do. What are some other ways that, um, have helped you cope? Other ways that have helped me cope is maybe not healthy ways, but, yeah. uh, yeah. it's my ways. Yeah. Um, like, for the longest time, which is not healthy, uh, this morning he was eating a bowl of cereal and he had his cup of coffee and uh, his cereal bowl is still in my living room, you know, And but I did take it off the table finally and I put mm -hmm. it in the drawer, but that bowl will never be washed and that spoon will never be washed, you yeah, know, it just yeah. never will. Um, when I jerked him off the couch, I spilled coffee all over, I mean, off the love seat, I spilled coffee on the front of the couch. I dare anybody to wash that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so it's like a part of him, mm -hmm. you know, and it. And so I'll smell his clothes and mm -hmm. stuff. But I was really, you know, upset, thanking God. Did my son make it? Did my God, God mm -hmm. did my son make it? Because I don't care if you're a parent and your child dies. Yes, that's, that's the most important absolutely. thing. Did he make it? Did he yeah. make it? And, you know, the Lord gave me a dream. And um, and I know that's that he beautiful. made it. And I'm at, I'm at peace with that yes. he made it. Today, I can honestly say in my heart, I'm not so selfish that I would bring him back. Right. I would want to. I want to go though. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here sometimes now. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, Lord, just come and get me. Yeah. Just take me on, Lord. Just take me on. But it's not my time yet. Right. So. So. So what has birthed from the death of your son? What have you? What has birthed from the death of my son? Your Your ministry. Yes. Here is what happened. <laughs> Lord help me. So I was listening to Toby Mac, 
And he said, when my son died, he overdosed as well. He said, when my son died, I wanted to see a million souls saved. Mm. Just to take them back from, from the devil. That's you. And that was my motto. Yeah. But I pray every day, just about every day, Lord, let me lay at the gates of hell. And before they drop in, please, Lord, let me be that roadblock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just let me be that roadblock. And so my pastor had called, and she's, um, she was like, Nancy, I had a dream about Bub, and he was in the altar and praying. And, you know, it was a peaceful dream. Then she called me back. She said, I think you need to start a class embracing Joseph's dream. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do it, you know. But at the time, I really wasn't ready to do it. That's right. When I went to do it, which was six weeks after he died, I didn't feel ready to do it. And I told my pastor, I said, I haven't really got out here and worked the streets like I should. I have knocked some doors, but I haven't got out to even let anybody know that we're having this class. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is probably only going to be five people. Maybe we need to push this back. And she said, Nancy, that five is five. And one of them might not make it if we keep pushing it back. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So I showed up. 55 people walked through the door that night. You know, I mean, 55, 55 people walked through the door that night. And I'm like, and that's without really hardly working the streets, you know? And I'm like, well, thank you, Lord, you know? Um, And so what I did when he died was I started going underneath the bridges and I would take them food. I would take them Narcan. Um, I I know it was God that led me where they were living in the Mm -hmm. outside shed and buildings. So, um, Earlier, you were talking about you would take his um, yeah, funeral took, yeah. pamphlet and put it with yeah. all that Where he stuff. was an organ donor, they gave us a little pamphlet, and it has his picture on the front, <clears throat> his birthday and his date of death, and in remembrance of. So I'd climb up underneath that bridge, and I would put his pamphlet up there, and then I would put Narcan and canned food and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because a lot of these, well, actually, probably 90% of the street people knew my son. Right. And... Um, you know, they knew that he died of a drug overdose, and I'm like, here, you know, and I went. I think this is so much bigger than, than what you realize, because most of the people on the street, their moms have told them to go, mm-hmm. and here you are out climbing under bridges to yes. save them, and they yes, know ma'am. your son, and so they look at you as as rescue. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. like, you can reach these people that no one else can because they see your sorrow. They don't want to die. They don't mm-hmm. want to die. They Your do not want to die. die. You know, mm-hmm. my brother was a is a recovering addict, mm-hmm. and um, my mom went to the ends of the earth for him. Mm-hmm. She was always there for him. Anything she mm-hmm. would do to just like give him a little hope or help him to have mm-hmm. a little hope, no matter what um, he was on or what he was doing or mm-hmm. going through. She was there when he was in jail, and you know mm-hmm. she would give him commissary. And she, you know, we can look back today and think, you know, she did all that. Mm-hmm. You know. That's a mother's love. Yeah. I don't know much more love than that, than mm-hmm. God's love for, for us, mm-hmm. but a mother's love will go to the ends of the earth for their kids. Yeah. And that's what you're doing, especially. That is now. exactly right. So, you know, at first it was more, I think, about Bub to keep his memory alive, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm just being... As you should. I'm transparent. That's your son. I know. You need to talk about him yeah. and tell about it. And yet. I'm just like, you know, here, here's this, here's this, and give him clothes mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And now it's turned more into... It is about keeping my son's memory alive, but it's more so about your salvation, your salvation. You need to be saved, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so we we started the class, and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, you can't give them the word 
and not feed them when they're hungry and not clothe them when they don't have no clothes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lord, where am I going to get all this stuff? You know, yeah. I, I don't know where I'm going to get all this clothes and, mm-hmm. and how I'm going to feed all these people. And a dry cleaner called and they're like, hey, we're closing this dry cleaner. Bring a wagon down here. And they've loaded a 16-foot wagon down twice, and they have another load for us. That's clothes. been left at the... At, clothes yeah. that have been dry cleaned and on hangers, okay? Now, some of them have been there for a while, and they were no good, but I'm telling you, I'm talking a lot of clothes. Wow, that's uh, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of pieces Just a of call clothes. out of the blue. Blankets, coats, uh, quilts with the matching sets. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa. Yes. And then people will just pull up to the church and just start putting stuff out. And I'm like, I can't tell you how many clothes and blankets and um, hygiene that we've mm-hmm. gave away. So after we got the clothes, we got the food. Then I'm like, hey, uh, I had one of these little girls come in. And she, I said, where do you wash your clothes? And she says, I wash them in the creek. And that's in this town. Ugh. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, I wash them down there, there, down there in the creek. And uh, the little boy up underneath the bridge, he's like, uh, gosh, I need my clothes washed. And I'm like, well, leave your clothes out. We'll go ahead and wash. So I was going to buy a building. I'm like, I'm going to buy a building. I'm going to wash clothes. And mm-hmm. if they can't get in a homeless shelter, then I'm going to let them sleep here. But the Lord the Lord switched that up on me there for a little mm-hmm. bit. So I had to rethink. And, you know, sometimes I want to do good, but you well, got to wait just, on the Lord. That's right. And you, you don't know what to do. And you mm-hmm. just have to wait on him to say, yeah. okay, this is what, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And he'll provide a better plan than mm-hmm. what, you know. I mean, right. five, you were hoping for five. And you got 55. 55. Yeah. yeah, that's what I expected, you know, five. Um, like, what? One thing about, one thing I've learned about numbers is uh, there's only going to be one or two, mm-hmm. three that's really, really mm-hmm. affected, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's that's why you just have to, but man, mm-hmm. 55, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a need. I mean, seriously, like, yeah, it people was, need hope. It was 55 that week. The next week it went up. <laughs> and yeah, it just kept going up and up and up. And then it kind of cooled down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday I was at church praying and I'm like, Lord, here's where I am. Here's here's what, what my ministry is. My ministry is, you know, David's mighty men were first on the run living in caves. You know, they didn't have a home. They didn't yeah. have nowhere to go. That's but right. God raised them up to be mighty men of God. That's right. And, you know, I, I don't know if I'm allowed mm-hmm. to say this. You can edit Absolutely. it out if you want to. But sometimes I think church people have got so spoiled. And so set in their ways yeah. that they won't go out to the mm-hmm. harvest. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You get a bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics or prostitutes on the corner. You get them saved and cleaned up. And honey, they'll go take the kingdom for the Lord. We've that's, seen it. That's but the here's truth. The thing. I heard mm-hmm. a sermon, and this is no joke. I heard a sermon this week as I was driving to, to Orlando. And basically, if you don't get yourself in trouble, mm-hmm. you don't really know because the Lord mm-hmm. comes and rescues you. And mm-hmm. that's where everything comes. Mm-hmm. And so like for all these people who are like, I don't want to say legalistic, but, you know, just trying mm-hmm. to follow the rule, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The Lord rescues you. Mm-hmm. And when he does, mm-hmm. it changes your life. And so, yeah, you look at everybody in the Bible. Mm-hmm. He didn't pick the religious people. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. I mean, not. he picked me. They were called. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just sitting here like. the right mm-hmm. people. Like, we still sometimes are like, right, yeah. he's called me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a problem with public speaking, and I'm yeah. sitting here on a podcast. I mean, here we are. You know what I'm saying? I'm acting like we're not on the air. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, so, like, I, I just think that, like, there was another lady on TikTok that reached out to me and said she lost both of her sons, mm-hmm. one to a blood clot and one to something else just here recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I have nothing to live for. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would you say to to somebody out there who feels like, because I know several people here, like, it's just, they want to get out. They want to come up, up mm-hmm. for a breath, but it's like, they're so sad. It just mm-hmm. keeps them in the bed mm-hmm. and keeps them at mm-hmm. home. And 
And I've had those days. Yeah. It's not always been a bed of roses. You know, I've yeah. screamed in my car and, God, why? Yeah. And then one time, um, right after Bub died, someone called me and said, oh, uh, someone had overdosed. They found him laying face down in his vomit. He was in the ICU, kidneys shutting down, blood pressure out of control. And I'm praying, Lord, uh, it grieved me. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard of a lot of overdoses, but this person grieved me. I went to everybody that I could and like, pray, pray, pray. And you know what God done? He woke up, pulled that vent out, got up and went home against doctor's orders. But you know what? I went and I, I thank God that he, he lived. I do. But it hit me. God, why didn't you do that for me? Yeah. You know, so I, I don't, think that's the biggest yeah. thing. Like, why didn't God mm-hmm. intervene? Mm-hmm. Why didn't he save your son mm-hmm. versus someone else's? And I think or, that's like the that, question. My brother, like, yeah. that's, you know, he, I think he um, started on that path when he was, um, teenager mm-hmm. and so it took up until i think it's been five to seven years that it took for him to yeah uh, god to deliver him from it and so that's that's the thing it's like in my preacher his son he died of an overdose and so it's just like and i'm thinking now i need to go talk to my brother and say what are you doing for the lord he grabbed you up Absolutely. just like that yes. mm-hmm. um and so what are you what are you doing for the lord because he does go to church and mm-hmm. he, he believes and stuff but like it's just you're a warrior. I don't feel like a I know, warrior. I know. I truly I know. don't. I but from, but I mean, we're we're like looking at you thinking, there's no way that I could do mm-hmm. that. But I do want to say something about the lady that you said feels like she don't want to live. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I prayed all the time. Lord, take me home. I'm ready to go home now. Yeah. I was never like this. Like I am now. I'm changed. I'm different. I'm not the same person. I'm ready to go home. Uh, there's no fear of death. There's no, you know, you think, oh, God, mm-hmm. you know, you're almost in a car wreck. But I'm like, Lord, you take me. But you know you what? Take I think me. for your calling, <laughs> you know? what you do, you go out on these streets. And most people would be fearful to go up underneath a bridge or whatever. So I think that he has brought you to where you have, you trust him. I mean, because mm-hmm. you're like me. I, I don't fear man. I mean, mm-hmm. I can go tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. But I've, it's taken me a long time to mm-hmm. get there mm-hmm. through hard times. And so... I'm, I we're braver than mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. because you have to speak out. You have to be mm-hmm. um, not as scared of being rejected mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, so here's what I would say to her. I would say, find you something to do. Is she a Christian? Mm-hmm. Find you something to do for the Lord. That's right. Go to your church, take up canned food. Or uh, what I did is I got a karaoke and a microphone. I'm like, Lord, I'll hit the railroad tracks and sing me a little song. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't need a platform. I don't need a stage. Give me a street corner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I ain't got nowhere to work in the church. Well, get out of the church. That's right. Get you out of the church You know, the sinners building. ain't in the church. That's They're right. out of the That's church. Right. They're under bridges. They're in They're not sheds. ever going to come into a church no. building. And- so, you know, uh, if you get busy, you don't have, and I outrun a lot of grief. I did. Yeah. Maybe too much there for a little bit. Yeah. I actually, I know too much there for a little bit. I stayed so busy. My legs would hurt from walking all day long. I would walk mm-hmm. all day long. I would be doing something all day long. I didn't have time to think. Yeah. So I kept myself occupied. But through it all, God has, um, yeah. you know, bringing healing slowly. Mm-hmm. I'm and not, you're still like oh, yeah, in the beginning I, I'm of fresh it. in. Yeah. I'm fresh in. But I know that he come to heal the brokenhearted. I know that he did, and I know that he will. Mm. I know God can do anything but fail. Yeah. And I would just say to her, I know how you feel, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I can't even think of right now because you lose your memory, you you lose your sentences. I'll be praying for somebody, and 
I'm just dead stopped. I don't even know what I was saying. It, it, yeah. It's crazy that was how one that of, happens. One of the questions that I had prepared was like, what are the psychological effects of losing a child? And we had talked mm-hmm. about, you know, losing your train of thought and it's horrible insomnia. Yeah. It's and, not like a regular lose your train of thought. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. You do not know what you were even talking about. It's not like, oh, what was I going to say about right. what you asked me? No, that's not how it is. It's everything's gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first started doing ministry and stuff, needy people that needed me would be sitting there just talking to me, pouring their heart out. And bing, yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. I don't know what you said. And I don't know what I was even thinking about. But mm-hmm. I'm not present. Right. My right. mind is gone. I that's don't right. even know where it went, but it's gone. And, you know, I hurt some people's feelings. And they're like, oh, I know you got a, I, I know you got a lot to do. And, like, they felt like they were taking, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that. Right, It right. was that I couldn't keep a straight thought. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's a part of it. And I don't know how long it's going to last, but mm-hmm. I know that God will see me through. That's right. He will see me through. I refuse to go by how I feel. I'm going to suit up, mount up, and I'm going to show up. And that's yeah. just the truth. You have Amen. to. You know, you might not feel like going to church. You might not feel like doing anything. But we cannot go by how we feel. That's right. We have to go by what the Word of God That's says. True. That's true. Yeah. You know, uh, if I went by how I feel, I'll be honest with you, I'd be in the bed right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, I would have probably been in the bed this whole entire seven months. Right. But I learned at a young age, you know, my feelings lie to me. My feelings are true and they are valid too at times. Mm-hmm. But they're still not more powerful than the Word. That's right. So it's kept me going. Um, I was taught that early. I have to bring my emotions under control and stand on the word and that's just how I've survived. Is there a honest. particular Bible verse that is that you find yourself drawn to? I always tell the Lord, Lord you come to heal my broken heart. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and and I mean I tell him that all the time. Yeah. And um you know, but my prayers mostly are for everybody else. I prayed for yeah. you this morning. Oh. I mean, so you know, it's the truth. I did. I don't know what the Lord brought you to my mind this morning. And I prayed for you this morning. And, um, you know, if I didn't have the outlet with God, I truly wouldn't make it. That's it, isn't it? I think that's um, your, it's that the, is it's your, truth. that's it. You I have, have the outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to sit and scream and cry in front of you if I can help it because I'm a private person. Mm-hmm. You'll do I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I, I'm always strong. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to see me cry, you know. Um, you feel like me. Yeah, <laughs> until they already close my cas- the casket yeah. on the sun. On my son, on my Lord, y'all's on the front row. Yeah. And they were getting ready to close it, put your pictures in or whatever you want to do. And before I knew it, I was up laying in that casket. Yeah. Screaming, Bubby, Bubby. Yeah. You know, it, it's um, it's the most horrible thing that you'll ever go through in your life. Yeah. But God can take your tragedy and he'll use it that's for all right. things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and that scripture was making me mad yeah we had that's what one of the things oh, that at our uh, w- women's group on Saturday mm-hmm. they said don't ever say that to yeah the, the, to us. that God works but then everything here out for you your are good. and you find in yeah. oh Lord we were in revival and this preacher kept saying God will work all things together for the good to them that love the Lord and I'm sorry y'all but it's just the truth I'm like no he won't How's yeah. he going to work this together for yeah, my good? Yeah, your son's You know, how's he going to work this together for my good? This is not going to work together for my good. And then they would say, God's going to deliver and he's going to save your children. I'm like, no, he ain't. He's dead. How are you going to deliver and save him if he's dead? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I had to get up at, when it all first happened and walk out of church because I'm sitting here upset. And then I'm starting to argue with God. Lord, you know, this scripture says this, but today, yeah, but today, I can say with a surety, mm-hmm. Not at first. All things work together for the good. 
to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's what our father says. We so here's how this worked out for my good. So when my children were little, they used my back as a pony because I prayed. And I mean, I prayed a lot and I prayed over them and they'd get on my back and I'd just pray on. I got used to it. I had three of them. And um, I would always pray and the Lord brought it back to me the other day. I would pray, Lord, please save my children. Lord, please save my children. And I mean, I'd grieve and I'd cry and I'd pray. And then one day God changed my prayers. I said, God, if it has to be through cancer, if it has to be on the right. sick bed, whatever it yes. has to be, God, you do it. That's right. You do it so my children will make heaven. And I mean that right now. If I had to lose the other two of my children, I still mean the same thing. Yes. If God has to take my children early to make sure they make heaven, mm-hmm. I'm willing to do that. Wow. I am willing to do that, and I will see them people in a little bit. People don't look at it like that, Nancy. I will see them in a little bit. We, people don't look at it like that, and that is mm-hmm. so healthy for you this to be life, able to share that. This life, my friend, is a vapor. Right. It's here and it's gone. I might be gone before I hit my house today. I might be in a car wreck. You might, you might. We're not promised tomorrow. We're promised right now. Mm-hmm. And, Lord, whatever it takes, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. I do not care. Drug overdose. God, if that's what it took. Yeah. God let him have his hearing mm-hmm. long enough to pray, long enough to cry, that. long enough to grieve. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. If you pray over your children, God says if you bring up your child in the way it should go, when he gets old, they'll not depart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even in his madness, he wrote all the time. And in these notebooks, he would he would write letters to God. Yeah. And most addicts mm-hmm. from, I mean, just, mm-hmm. you know, from what I understand... They don't want to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. There is a hurt that they're masking, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so they have gotten on this to mask the pain, and then they get addicted. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure in the middle of the night, like mine, I was crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, save me. I don't want to do this. Don't let me go. Don't let me go, you know, because mm-hmm. I was detoxing. Mm-hmm. But even on my biggest nights when I was like, um, you know, even if I just was in a dark place, the Lord, was he showed up. So, like, for me... Um, even though like your kids go, your kids are saved when they're young and they may go off the trail. Mm-hmm. They're not, not saved. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they're, you know, they are making some bad choices and stuff like that, but that's that burst and they will come back. You know, you mm-hmm. hide the word in their heart. And, um, I sent that burst to my kids just the other day. You're it's like such a good mom. Here. I mean, she's praying with their kids and stuff. so mm-hmm. like that's my struggle. Like mm-hmm. I've just learned to pray out loud, and so like grabbing my kids' hands or mm-hmm. grabbing my husband's hands and praying with mm-hmm. him. Like she's like conquered it. She's done it all, and I'm over here like scared. You know, I'm scared. but you're so bold. You know, not when it comes to that stuff. So, um, but yeah, well, well, thank you for coming and thank sharing you. your story. Um, and then, so, Joseph, Joseph's Dream, is that right? That's embracing Joseph's embracing Dream. Embracing Joseph's mm-hmm. Dream. Um, we'll leave some information if you want to get some more information on it or if you want to donate um, to help her. If you've maybe lost a child to addiction, this is a great way. She's She is just out there knocking on doors trying to save everybody, educating them about fentanyl. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse. I, I mean, I've lost several friends over the last couple of years. Just accidentally you know mm-hmm. and um you know it's a real battle we need to talk about it so um you have anything else i don't all right well we'll be back next week um and you never know nancy may be back at the table <laughs> this was good first she was like part one live? yeah part one oh but but seriously mm-hmm. if you have questions uh for nancy our sound girls will get those to her and she can reach out to you or whatever mm-hmm. but it is 
the Lord is what changes it, the healing. It so is. you can do it without the Lord and grieve on your own and things like that. Or you can let the Lord heal your broken heart. Not perfectly. Mm-mm. Not perfectly. Mm-mm. It's but never healed perfectly. No. Mm-mm. Nope. So, well, I'm sorry for your loss. I mean, Thank it you. was just very, it's just, um, I think it's um, amazing how the Lord takes our deepest darkest. And he mm-hmm. just uses it to help somebody else who's out there. Maybe you've lost a child or something. Mm-hmm. So thank you for speaking. And thank, being you. Brave, so. thank you. All right. Well, thank you all for watching. All right. That's what.